One, two, three. Hi, everyone. This is Joseph Anderson. I'm here with Keeping Up with Joe. And today joining me is my friend and actress and also entrepreneur, Sarah Avila. And then we also have Christine Lee, who is an acrobat and an actress. So, Christine, I've actually read a little bit about you on your website, um, about your journey to becoming an acrobat. And I just kind of, one thing that really struck me right away is that you went from kind of a, a corporate job as a salesperson for, I think, Microsoft. And then you kind of turned, went from that into becoming an acrobat. So what was it that uh, was kind of going on in your mind during that time to make that transition happen? Because it seems like a, like a really big transition, right? So what was kind of going on in your mind during that time? Yeah. Wow. You did your research. <laughs> nice job. Um, <laughs> so for, yeah, for some background, um, at this point, I've been doing circus and performing for 14 years. Um, I did start 14 years ago when I was living in New York and I was working at Microsoft in a super serious corporate job. Uh, and at first I just started taking classes and kind of dabbling around for fun uh, and then after about two years, like I knew it was something that I absolutely loved. And it's like every day I went into an office job, it was because I knew that I was working so I could pay for classes right after work. And I was really, truly doing the kind of work to play mentality. Mm -hmm. And then finally, at about two years, I actually went on vacation um, at a resort that had trapeze. And I went with a group of trapeze friends from New York and we we did trapeze all week and I had the most amazing time and when I was there uh, the trapeze troupe actually pulled me aside and said hey we think that you have a ton of potential a lot of experience we want to hire you and have you join our troupe so I at first kind of laughed at them like uh like I have a normal job and like I like this isn't something I ever planned to do um, but you know we talked through it and when I got back to New York and I remember getting back to my office job and opening up my laptop and seeing all the emails in my inbox. I just realized I'm like, Ooh, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm doing the right job. Like I think where my heart is, is performing and, and, and doing circus. So, um, in this like crazy serendipitous moment, when I opened up my personal inbox at the top of my inbox was a contract from the circus troupe, um, saying that we want you to start like next week. So I just, downloaded the PDF and signed it and sent it in and put in my two week notice and moved to the Caribbean. Wow. So kind of a crazy moment where maybe I moved too quickly, but I do not regret it. And, and I'm so glad I did it back then. And, and yeah, my, my life is kind of just uh, followed from there. And so has, was, uh, was the experience like the data experience of being an acrobat, everything that you imagined it would be before making that transition or, or was it different? Well, it, it's a journey, right? It's not like, okay, I'm an acrobat now and that's what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. It was mm -hmm. more like, okay, I'm going to go on this contract. Um, I'm going to go perform around the world and, and, and see how it goes. And I did it for four different seasons. So it was about 
two years. I was primarily in the Caribbean, but I also got to travel around Southeast Asia, different parts of the Caribbean. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it was the best time, like actually the two of the best years of my life. Um, but towards the end, uh, my body was, you know, like not how it felt when I was you know, 21. Like I was starting to get pretty sore and rotator cuffs weren't feeling great. And I realized I'm, I might have to dial it back a little bit and, and kind of go back to possibly to reality. So um, then I moved to San Francisco uh, and I tried to do circus full time in San Francisco at first and really couldn't make it work financially. Like it's really hard as an artist to make it work, especially if you're new to the city and don't have the network or you don't have the experience. So I ended up going back to a day job um, and then teaching and performing part time. Uh, and only about three years ago did I kind of build up enough experience and um, kind of, I would say, uh, enough bravery to do it again. <laughs> so now I'm doing it again. And, and I, um, I'm not doing kind of a corporate job full time. Circus is my my main thing, along with a few other things. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a journey. Like there's never a day where I'm like, yeah, like I could totally make a living with this. And there's never a day when I'm like, I absolutely can't. So I'm I'm still kind of figuring it out on the go. But but grateful that that it so far has been working out so far. So what is it about San Francisco that that drew you to to like to here to do uh, to do to do circus? Um, it was more of a personal decision. Like I went to Berkeley. So all of my friends and a lot of family were here in the Bay Area. Um, but I also like after I was performing for the two years, I actually visited a few different cities to see where do I want to teach. And I went back to New York. And thought, nah, maybe not. I tried DC, wasn't like it wasn't a huge circus scene at that time. And went to LA, checked out a bunch of the schools. It, it was nice. Um, but then I went to the San Francisco Circus Center and walked in and was greeted with so much love and so much excitement. And they needed flying trapeze coaches and they needed aerial coaches. And and I knew that I could get work right away. Um, and I really liked the people. So it was kind of like a, I did like a mini tour to US Circus and then was very happy to to plant myself in San Francisco. Very cool. And that's probably how you came across uh, Sarah, right? Was doing doing some acting. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, what how, how acting kind of plays into into what you're doing? Totally. So I mean, it, it's kind of funny. Like I I've never really planned to do acting. Um, or what I like to call normal person modeling, because I am five foot three and definitely not a <laughs> supermodel. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it was uh, it was like I don't know, like in high school I did theater arts and I loved it, and in college I took some acting classes, and in New York I took some. It was always kind of like a like a little pipe dream, but something I never really thought was attainable. And then um, doing circus, I started to get asked to do some like random little gigs, like can you do uh, you know, an aerial reel in the in the back of this commercial, or can you uh, can we do a photo shoot so we could put you in a calendar and like little opportunities start to come up, and I realize hmm, this is this is actually pretty interesting. Like I'm able to take this skill and and, and do something else with it in addition to performing. So I kind of got a glimpse of that, and then um, about three or four years ago, I can't remember. Um, somebody tagged me on Facebook with like, Hey, we need someone who could do a backflip off a car. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Um, so someone introduced me to a casting agent 
Um, and I was like brand new to this world and I had no idea what I was doing. And they're like, yeah, can you send us um, uh, an audition video? So I'm like, all right, like I'm going to take my iPhone and try to set it up and try to do flips and try to do different jumps and kind of show as much personality as possible. And I submitted and they hired me, which was crazy because I had no experience doing the actual acting side of things. But I'm, I'm glad they took a leap of faith. Uh, and it ended up being a Honda commercial where I did like a like a straddle jump uh, by, by a car when they were like exploding confetti everywhere. And I had so much fun on the shoot and I loved it. And when I was there, um, I met a few different people who were telling me about the agencies they're with and they're like, you should come work with our agency. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm, I'm not a model. Like, I'm, like that's like, that's so weird. <laughs> um, but they, they were like, no, no, like Christine, like they're looking for normal people. Like they're not looking for supermodels that are six feet tall and don't eat any food. Like we're looking for normal people. So I was like, okay, like maybe. So I, I then like submitted uh, to the agency that I talked to and ended up working with Models Inc. and started getting booked for a bunch of different local things, did a bunch of kind of online casting things as well. And then this past year, I then switched to MBT, which is another great agency in the Bay. Um, so I've been working with them. So yeah, my life is like all over the place. Like I'm performing circus, I'm teaching circus, I'm doing acting probably like two to four times a week. Uh, and then same thing with shoots and prints. Um, and I'm in SF and LA. Like right now I'm in LA because I did um, a commercial with Copperfit this morning doing circus, which is kind of the, the holy grail of what I do. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy busy, but definitely a ton of fun. That sounds insanely busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not much time for myself, but it's, it's, uh, it's worth it when I feel like I'm on like a forever staycation because I like if I were on vacation on an island somewhere, I would probably still be doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like I like it that much. So it is um, definitely worth it. <laughs> well, you were on you were on an island doing doing this in the, in the Caribbean, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah, kind of proof for that. Acting stuff, but definitely the performing. And yeah. 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 Very cool. So I have a quick question. Yeah, go for it, Sarah. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but... Uh, oh, there's no interrupting, it's just, just chill. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, well, first of all, Christine, you look like you've been killing it with, like, booking crazy, crazy stuff pretty frequently. So, yeah, congrats on that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, I guess maybe it's just the rise um, since, like, The Greatest Showman, but I don't know about you, I feel like I've been seeing a greater need for the circus and circus acts and stuff like that. Do you feel like since that movie came that it's become more popular or like, did that affect the circus world at all? Totally. No, that is actually a really good observation. So I think, okay. So I think anytime with media, anytime circus becomes normalized in any way, like there's just more interest. So for example, like when I was living in New York, um, I think it was maybe like a year or two into that, um, Sex in the City was like a huge show at the time. And that's when they actually, I think like everyone on that, on that cast did flying trapeze uh, on a show. And then it became really cool. Like everyone was suddenly <laughs> doing flying trapeze and, and there's like a bump and the school saw it, the students saw it. It was pretty crazy. And then, uh, there have been other things. So like Greatest Showman for sure. It kind of made like circus, like the way that like Moulin Rouge made like sexy, like normalized and, and make that kind of 
singing, that kind of dancing, that theme, that genre, like, like cool and normal and things that people can do for corporate events or birthday themes. Uh, I feel like Greatest Showman had a very similar impact. Um, so even for us from a booking standpoint, like I'm part of a troupe where we book our own talent, we're performers ourselves, we're called the the Dahlias or Cirque Dahlias on Instagram or online. Um, but after that movie, we would get inquiries on different gig booking sites or on Instagram or on Facebook with, oh, we're going to have a Greatest Showman theme party. Can you guys perform there? And it was amazing. Like it was like we definitely saw a bump right after that movie for about a year. And things kind of sustained still or maybe it's just because it's just been busy overall. But that definitely helped. And even with like the halftime show with JLo doing pole, like pole is becoming normalized, which is amazing. So, yeah, I would say anytime like in the media uh, or in like just in general, like when famous people do things like anything circus related or when Pink did Ariel, like, I mean, there's just so many things that have made circus more known, more liked and more kind of, uh, I would say, approachable for people that have never thought about it before. That's super cool. Um, I just yeah. feel like I see stuff like that, like casting notices for mm -hmm. need for, you know, anything circus related almost it feels like almost daily. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like yeah. I need to start learning this. <laughs> um, and it's like, I don't know, just at least within the last month, I've been seeing a crazy amount of it on the casting sites that I'm involved in. So yeah. that's really cool. And do you teach pole or you teach some sort of fitness? Um, what do you teach? Again? So I teach everything. So I teach flying trapeze. That's the thing I've been teaching for like now 12 years. And I teach aerial, so things like the lira or the silks or uh, the static trapeze, um, stuff like that. I've been teaching for about 12 years as well. And then I also teach things on the ground like acrobatics, hand balancing, handstands. I teach stretching and contortion. Uh, and I teach everyone from like kids to all levels, adults to professionals to recreational students. Um, and then I also just kind of on the side teach like a super different class. I teach at base camp, which is like a, like a fitness class. So yeah, I, I kind of teach all over. Yeah. <laughs> super cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that you say that about the greatest showman about how that has <clears throat> like such an impact on things. I kind of, uh, one thing that comes to mind, it's kind of random, but I know after the great Gatsby came out, Mm -hmm. Everybody started doing Great Gatsby parties. Do, do, do totally. you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that became I mean, a huge it's thing. It's still happening, right? Like, thank goodness, like, we have these fun themes for all these events. Yeah, no, I mean, anytime, a, like, a theme movie like that hits and, and does well, like, it's great for this entertainment industry. Like, it, it, it definitely creates a nice little halo effect. Yeah. So would you say that what you've done with uh, with the circus and with acrobatics up to acting, do you think that that kind of helped you prepare for being an act an actress, or how did how did that was the transition smooth, or was there some learning some learning curve there? Oh, for sure. I mean, circus. So so there's a a term called clowning. Some people think it's funny and not a real thing, but it's actually a full practice and and something that people train professionally and perform professionally. Um, so there is a great deal of, of performance art in circus. Uh, and for me personally, a lot of the circus work that I do are theater shows or local shows or like mini 
theater-like show. So, I mean, a lot of this is being on stage and having a character and having lines and having interactions with other characters. So, I mean, essentially, I've been doing theater, right, for 14 years. Um, so I've been very comfortable on stage. And even when I first did my first couple of commercials, everyone there assumed that I've been doing this for years because I was just comfortable on camera and acting like myself and enjoying myself and, and not getting nervous. So, yeah, no, it's definitely helped. Um, I, I would like to have more training under my belt for acting, things like memorizing lines or having different characters that are not myself. <laughs> um, so I'd like to get more training, but it's it's so busy right now that fortunately I'm kind of getting training on the job as I'm getting hired. Um, but eventually when things cool down or slow down, I would definitely want to kind of reinvest in myself and, and train and, and, and improve on that side of things as well. Yeah, I, I imagine there's probably a lot of practicing that goes on as well. I mean, so you're doing these auditions and you're doing this this acting work, but you're probably also how, like how often how often a week are you are you having to work out and stuff like that to keep up keep up the routine? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I train like I have physical training about six to eight hours a day. Wow, which is a lot. So that's, that's actually where the majority of my time goes. Um, is at the gym and, and like, it's not just like at the gym lifting weights. It's like being at the circus school and taking contortion classes or working on an aerial apparatus or working on the next act. Like I don't, I don't just like know how to do acts, right? It's like every single show that I have, it's a theme, it's a song, it's a character. And I have to prepare for that. And just doing the choreo, just doing the preparation for that is training. It is physical training. It's imagine like, doing pull-ups for like three hours straight like that that's what it feels like oh Plus, man getting to be creative and, and make pretty shapes and things so um so yeah my life like it's funny when people ask me they're like oh like do you work out i'm like are you serious <laughs> <laughs> like that's literally my job like i have no choice like i'm ever like hung over or tired like i have no choice i have to go to the gym and wow. prepare for the next show and you know fortunately it's something i love so much that it's it's worth it but if someone doesn't love it as much as Feel like I do like they're gonna hate it <laughs> like, it's so much work um but but I love it and it is like a, a constant workout and and doing cross training so like and what I mean by cross training is I need to be able to do aerial right I need to be able to do the ground stuff and have the endurance for that and then I need the endurance to perform so I have to do cardio to maintain everything um, but all three of those things fight each other. Like aerial gets me stronger, contortion makes me bendier, and contortion and aerial don't get along. And then running is like terrible for contortion. So I have to manage all of them and make sure that that I'm constantly watching what I eat, watching my body, watching every single thing. So that that is what takes the majority of my time is training and prep. I don't want this to be too, like, too of an intrusive question, but, like, I know yeah. that a lot of actors, at least in regards to theater, get paid for rehearsal. Do you get paid um, to do all of this training, like, at the school and, you know, wherever you're um, prepping for the shows that you're about to do, or is this, like, <laughs> on your own time? It is not intrusive, and it is one of the hardest things because, no, we do not get paid for rehearsal. That is expected of a performer. I mean, it's like it's thinking like, you know, if we like, you know, Sarah, you and I did a really fun Subaru and Toyota commercial. It would, it would be like them paying for us to take an acting class before. Right. Like it just yeah. would never happen. So it's an expectation that that we 
we do our own. Now, there are some shows where we'll have like a little stipend for rehearsals or shows where we know that the lump sum we're getting paid at the end includes that rehearsal time. Um, but it's not super common. Usually when there's more like ensemble work where we have to be there, um, sometimes it's included. But it's more just the expectation with, you know, circus is community, right? It's teamwork. It's like I'm never performing alone. I'm always performing with friends. I'm always performing with a troupe. Um, so it's it's expected that we rehearse together. Um, but honestly, it's worth it. Like if we're not rehearsing, then <laughs> we couldn't create what we what we end up creating. But it would be nice to get paid more. Yeah, <laughs> could say that about everything. But um, but it's it's part of the life. That's a it's lot a, of commitment. Especially true, especially true of the arts, right? I mean, it's kind of it's always the the hard part about the arts in general is just figuring out a way to monetize it, right? I mean, once you figure out that, <clears throat> how to monetize this, something creative like that, that's like half the battle, right? Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I feel like that's true. something we talk about a lot on this podcast, just because <laughs> that's kind of, that comes up a lot. Like we were just last podcast, we're talking with a, the, a violinist and we're kind of going over, you know, what it looks like to uh, make, make money as a music, as a musician today. So would you say that what are the main avenues that people are that other acrobats are and are using to to make money? Is it mostly through like through performances? Or are they doing online stuff or what, is, what does that look like? It's a great question. And, and that's the kind of funny thing about circus is that there really aren't standards like every performer has a very different path. Um, so some people are like. Like they are contract babies, like they are going from contract to contract. They're working with Cirque du Soleil and they're going from country to country uh, and they're getting paid salary. Right. So they're actually getting paid, you know, over 100K a year to perform with all these different contracts. And that's amazing. And, you know, I, I would at some point want to do that again or something similar to that. Um, but it's hard. Right. Like I have a dog at home and I like to be close to friends and family and, and, and you lose that when you're on contract. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, so that's, that's like the main way circus performers live. Like, I mean, the, the, the ones that have grown up in circus families, like circus contracts are usually how people live. Um, but nowadays, because the way that it works with corporate events and others, there are ways for people like me to, to exist where you're kind of like an individual, or like a like a sole proprietor and, and you're running your own show and you're trying to get hired by all the mm -hmm. different agencies and all the different restaurants and clubs and corporations and and you're really just constantly hustling and selling and sending out your videos just like in acting sending out your headshots sending out uh constant applications sending out you know uh, like video auditions so it is a constant grind and, and that's the world that i live in where i chose to be kind of on my own and then working for everyone. Um, but but there's definitely a range, right? So some performers decide that they only want to perform like once or twice a month and they'd rather focus on teaching. Um, so there's people that teach, you know, six days a week at the circus school and then perform on a Saturday here and there. Um, so there's a lot of different kind of pacing to that and, and different ways to, to make income. And I would say mine is probably one of the more kind of sales driven like anybody who's living this kind of vagabond life where I'm going from gig to gig, like, like you have to be okay with hearing no a lot um, and sending out lots of emails and videos and hearing no, I would say like 80 to 90% of the time. And then the rest is when I get booked. So when people are like, you're so busy, I'm like, you have no idea. Like I'm not busy enough for the amount that I try to audition and apply for. 
Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I would say like to answer your question at a high level, like it really just depends on the performer and their goals and what they enjoy doing. Um, but there's quite a range of of how you could try to make it work. You don't have to reveal how you get your jobs. I know you just kind of said a little bit, but like, is there something, you know, like in acting, we use casting sites. So like, is there something similar or is it all like, oh, you have to find the name of the company and then you just send out personal emails or like, you don't have to say like what it is because I I want you to keep getting your jobs and not put it too far out there, but... I mean, honestly, most of it is word of mouth, right? Like if I get hired by an agency and they like me and someone says, hey, we need an aerialist that does this apparatus, they'll refer me. So most of the kind of the consistent work I get are from people I've worked with or friends of friends. Um, But then there's a lot of outbound kind of cold calling sales that we do, right? So I'll reach out to like every winery in Napa and say, hey, are you guys having any weddings or special events? We'd love to work for you. So there's a lot of that, um, but there is no like, there's no MDT or stars of of circus. Like there's no agency that books you for everything. There's Ray Agency, but they're more dance and they have circus as well. Um, but there's no like one stop shop that just books you for everyone. Like so much of it is relationship based and history based. Um, so and that's why like I mean I've been in San Francisco for ten years and my first year here, I could not make it work because I only got hired by one or two agencies and it was not enough income to survive. But now that I've been here for 10 years, I've built those relationships, I've had referrals. So so now it's kind of worked out. Uh, but there's definitely no like secret sauce or there's no like secret agency or person like it's it's definitely just like building relationships and like doing well and following up and, and being good and easy to work with and hopefully performing well and then getting hired back. Um, but it's, it's like definitely a hustle. Like whenever it's more quiet, then I'll go out and start trying to do like cold calling sales for circus, which is a lot more fun than cold calling for a product that's not as exciting, but, um, but it is, yeah, it's definitely a a hustle and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Wow. That's really crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So you might have, <clears throat> sorry, you might have already kind of given the answer to this because uh, I know you mentioned that that part of the part of the benefit of the way that you approach uh, your your business is that you kind of can keep uh, kind of keep a bit of a stationary life as opposed to like traveling around the world and contracts, right? Mm-hmm. So, would you say that that's the main uh, reason for why you pursue this sort of more sales driven approach, or is there do you get do you get kind of a fulfillment from chasing uh, gigs, or what would what's a What's the main reason for that? I had a total fulfillment from from having a balanced life where I could have dinner with my girlfriends on a Wednesday night and have wine and no one to tell me you have to perform, you know, six days a week, two shows a day, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could mm-hmm. have my personal life. I could have a dog, right? If I'm on a cruise ship, I can't have my dog. With me. <laughs> It'd be so heartbreaking. Um, I can't travel when I want, right? If I want to go visit my family in Korea, if I want to go on trips with friends, like nothing, I can't do any of that, right? So I have this like magical balance where I get to perform, I get to teach, which I love doing. I get to do acting and grow that side of my life. And I get to actually have relationships and a home and like as normal of a life as I could call it. But yeah, going, going on contract, all that just pauses, right? So 
Um, I do like doing like smaller stints, like smaller contracts, um, because it's like you get to really dedicate yourself to it. But I think at this point in my life, I probably wouldn't do anything longer than like three or four months because I mm-hmm. I will miss my my home and my friends and my life too much. I, I like I I can't like at that point it becomes not something I love as much. And, and yeah. right now it's it's the perfect balance where I I just feel so lucky doing what I do. And so have you have you met a lot of people um, in circus who have gotten a similar start to you or I, I guess my my thought has always been that probably people who are in that kind of line of work started when they were pretty, pretty young, but it sounds like you, you didn't get started until after college or is that, is that right? Yeah. After college. I mean, it's, everyone has such a different journey. Like one of my, so in my troupe, um, if you guys are listening, (laughs) there's there's (laughs) three of us, there's four of us, sorry, three, not including myself. We're called the Dahlias and uh, Nina is one and she's also been performing the same amount of time. She went on a contract in Ukraine, got a lot of training out there. And that kind of set her up when she moved to the Bay area to, to continue training and performing and, and growing her career here. And, um, Angela, who's another one she started, uh, or, or actually let me back it up. So Nina's background was in dance. So that's why she was able to learn circus so quickly. My background was in gymnastics, so that's how I was able to learn circus. And Angela has no dance background, nothing, but she somehow, I think eight or nine years ago, started doing circus and just was naturally talented at it. So she started later in life as well. And then Terry, who's our bendy one, um, she (laughs) was actually a yoga professional and she would do like yoga competitions. Um, So that was her background. And then it kind of led her into contortion and then a letter into all the other circus things. Um, so everyone has a pretty different path. I mean, there's people I work with that have been raised in circus families where they started from when they were like three years old. Um, so it is quite a range. Um, and then there's people who like started a couple years ago. And before that, they were just doing yoga classes. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of variety and kind of the path that people take and even in circus, there's a huge variety in, in what what you do. Like if you're an aerialist versus contortionist or a clown or a juggler or a hand balancer, like every every path is super different. Yeah, I guess it's like a lot of other kind of more creative and maybe like maybe any profession, but especially more more creative ones, people mm-hmm. tend to kind of gravitate from a lot of different backgrounds. So yeah. Totally. That makes sense. I, I guess when I when I see, because uh, I, I was just at the Cirque du Soleil show, uh, show recently. I think it was it was the I can't remember. It was like the Hawaiian themed one or something like that. Amaluna. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was cool. So good. Yeah. That was great. Amazing. And I guess when I just see how talented everyone is up there, I just assume that they've been doing it since they were really small. But that's kind of interesting to know that it, it, people come from all kind of different places um, <clears throat> to kind of get into this profession. Yeah, I mean, I would say with Cirque du Soleil because they are one of the top I would say good portion of those performers have been with Cirque for a while okay have kind of done circus from the beginning uh, but I definitely know people there that kind of came into it a little later in life um, a lot of them usually grew up with like a rhythmic gymnastics background or mm-hmm. like did competitive gymnastics like usually there's something there or like a lot of people that do things like flying trapeze come from like a like a high diving experience. So there has to be something or like you're just really damn lucky. <laughs> um, but it, uh, yeah, most people have have something or they've been doing circus for for a while. 
would assume it's extremely hard to get into Cirque du Soleil. Um, is that kind of a different process since it's such like, I don't know, it just seems so next level. So is that way different? It is pretty different. Yeah. I mean, it it is it is the Harvard of circuses, right? So it's like you have to either know somebody or be that that talented. Um, and, and this is me being humble here. I mean, I've tried to audition for them for years and years, and I've not gone to call back. So, <laughs> like, I know it takes a lot of work. Um, but yeah, I mean, like out of friends of mine in the circus community, like I probably personally know like 12 people that are working for Cirque. Um, but all of them had a very special background. Like one I could think of started when she was like three or four. One was like a, like a high level parkour person who did like break dancing. Like they all had something. Um, like m- I would say most artists that I work with today have all tried to audition or try to submit and have not sadly heard back, but we will all continue to try. <laughs> I feel like that's the type of thing that you almost have to be born into, but maybe I'm just ignorant, but I just hear like, you know, the circus families that have been in there for generations and I actually know someone like that. So is that kind of also what it's like? I mean, that is the case in some cases, but at this point, like circus play is like a corporation, right? Like they're, they're a huge marketing machine and they have a pretty buttoned up audition process. So who, you know, does help. But it is, I mean, it is like getting a normal job, right? Like you submit an application online with your videos, a video audition, and if they like you, then they bring you in. So it's it's um it's still pretty kind of quote unquote normal audition process. It's just really competitive and really hard to get into. Um, so you don't have to be in the family, but um, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there is a good percentage of performers there that are p- from circus families and. Uh, it's it's something they were raised with. Someone please adopt me. Let <laughs> me in. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes. Um, I have, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, Joe. If you have a better question than this, please do. Uh, you can shut me up. But uh, how do you overcome, like, did you ever have, like, a fear of heights? Because I think I would be kind of terrified to do what you're doing. Um. So I grew up doing gymnastics, so I was already used to the high beam and the bars and the trampoline. Um, And then I did cheerleading in high school um, where we did a lot of stunting. So I think I was like, I think I just conquered a lot of that fear pretty early on. Um, So I'm not, yeah, I'm not as scared of the height. Now, there have been gigs that I've done that are like 60, 70 feet in the sky. And I mean, any normal human being will get their heart rate up. So I think I think I have like a much higher higher tolerance than the average person. Like I don't I don't get super scared walking up like 30 feet or so. But if I'm performing a really high level trick from a really high height, it is really, really scary. But I mean, like anything, the more you practice it, the more used to it you get. Um, So. So I think, yeah, I think I have a decent tolerance, but it could, it could always be better. You're also crazy skilled. So I'm sure that helps with just knowing <laughs> your body and knowing what to do. I'm sure that is, is kind of more anything or <laughs> more everything in the process of just being able to do that. Cause you're like, it's okay. I'm a crazy, strong little <laughs> genius here. 
Practice and training is everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Christine, going forward, is it going to be more circus or more acting? Or just a blend of both? I think it's a blend. And, And the reason why is that there's so much seasonality. Like, with circus, we are the busiest starting October. So, October, it's Halloween. November, the holiday parties start. December, I do not have a day off. Like I literally work every single day and I perform and I usually have to find subs for all my classes and that is my priority. Um, And then January, it's all the corporate parties where they couldn't afford to have it in December, so they have them in January. (laughs) So I would say like October through January are my circus months. And then like right now, it's what, it's February. Like I could already see most of my time is going to acting stuff and I'm, I'm performing on weekends. But it's it's um it's a little more skewed acting stuff right now. Um, but yeah, once the summer hits, it'll probably be more 50-50. And then end of the year, it'll be like 100-0, like back to circus being the main thing. So yeah, it, it um, seasonality kind of determines my, my busyness and allocation of time. Awesome. And I have one last question before we wrap up this interview. Um, actually, Sarah, do you have any other questions before we wrap up? Um, let me see. I I think I'm pretty good. Awesome. So one last question. What is the um, the main reason that people fail when they're in in pursuing a, a career in the circus? Oh, well, that's a deep one. Um, <laughs> well, oh, that's hard. I don't I like I can't say there's one thing, but what I would say is that it's it's a combination. It, like it's not even effort. Like there's people I see that are really trying, really trying hard. Um, I would say <laughs> this is a hard one, but I would say the the ability to like to problem solve or like deal with conflict right so if a person submits something for an audition and they don't hear back to to be totally okay with it and try to get feedback and try to grow from it and go again right or working with a really hard coach and the coach tells them that they're never going to be good enough to not listen and to tell them no I'm going to work and I'm going to I'm going to build so I, I would say you know a combination of that and the audacity to like really push forward because anyone can be successful in circus. It just comes down to like believing in it and like really putting the heart and the time and the effort into growing, taking feedback uh, and, and like hearing no a million times before hearing yes. Um, So I don't know if that was a one answer, but, but hopefully that, that kind of covers it. No, that's awesome. Christine, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for joining us today, taking time away from your busy schedule. We really Uh appreciate that. Oh, good. It's been one of our definitely one of our cooler interviews we've done. So (laughs) where, yeah, (laughs) where can um, people find you on online and on social? Oh yeah, I'm very easy to find. So my Instagram is probably how I communicate the most with people. Um, It's Cirque du Clee, and I'm going to spell that because people get confused. It's C I R Q U E D U. And then it's spelled C-L-E-E, because my last name is Lee. My first name is 
Christine. So it's like the first initial, last name. Um, and that's the same uh, name as my website. So www.cirqueduclee.com. Uh, but yeah, I would say those are probably the two best ways to get a hold of me. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I, I love the the vision and the story of this podcast, and I hope people continue to follow their passion and and follow art and follow creativity and and not just fall and be a cog in a wheel and do the same thing over and over again and not be happy. So I love that you guys are doing this. Yes, that's honestly. I might just like copy and paste that onto my, my podcast description because <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing. So awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. It's a wrap. Thanks. All right. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>